Welcome to another episode of Bay Sports Talk with Rob. I am your host, Robert Hunter. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors. At the official halfway mark of the season, well, I guess unofficial first half of the season, at the All-Star break weekend. The next game is going to be on Thursday against the Los Angeles Lakers. The trade deadline has came and passed. It's been a very up and down season. So on this episode, we're going to talk about all of the ups and downs, the turmoil, and just everything in between of the uh, official, unofficial first half of the season. Now, the first thing that I want to talk about is the trade deadline. There was a lot of rumors that Wiggins or CP3 would be traded, possibly even Draymond or Klay Thompson. Now, at the trade deadline, the only thing we did was get rid of Corey Joseph. So we pretty much stayed the same team. Now, with getting rid of Joseph, we saved quite a bit of money. Now, he was on a minimum contract, but with the Warriors being in that luxury tax bracket, it is five times the salary. So his 2.1 ended up being a little under 11 million that we saved. Now, later on, we did, however, convert Lester Quinones two-way contract into a roster spot so it kind of breaks even a little bit but Lester definitely earned that spot now personally the way everything was going the last few weeks before the trade deadline I'm actually pretty happy that they stayed packed that we didn't trade for any you know one-year rentals or you know, just made dumb decisions. I'm really glad that we didn't do that. Um, Wiggs really has picked up his level of play. You know, we really need him to continue just playing the way he is. We don't need him to be the number two best player and nothing like that. As long as he can just stay consistent, hit some wide open shots, be aggressive, I'm totally fine with that. As far as CP3 goes, I really don't know how to take his play. Uh, When he's been in there, he's played good, you know, with his limited minutes, but he's also been hurt for a while. Uh, Luckily, his contract does expire at the end of this year, so I I don't see us bringing him back. So it's really not a big deal that we didn't flip him. And I was not a big fan of us bringing in Pascal Siakam, which was the big, you know, rumor going around that we were going to bring in. He's on an expiring contract. He wants a max deal. So you're looking at paying him 40 million plus a year. And I just don't see where it made sense. We were going to have to get rid of so much to bring him in. And I just, I, I don't like the fit. And then, of course, there was the LeBron James rumor that came out recently that we called about that. I don't believe that nonsense at all. There was no possible way we were getting LeBron James. So I'm not even going to waste my time going into what could have been or anything with the potential of LeBron coming here because I just didn't see that happening and I don't see it happening even in the offseason. But enough about the silly rumors and ridiculousness. Um, The one thing though is the last 10 games recently the Warriors are 8-2. They've been playing really really well. 
I think a big thing regarding that is everyone is just meshing together. Everyone is playing really well, and I'm going to get into the statistics on how they've been playing over the last 10. So one of the players that I want to talk about first, these last 10 or 15 games or so, is Jonathan Kaminga. He has been absolutely playing amazingly. Just in the last 10 games, he's averaging about 54% from the floor, 26 from three, which is down from his average of 31 per the season average, which I mean, isn't great, but he's not, his specialty is not shooting threes. Now he's got his free throw percentage up to 77%. If he can keep that up, that is gonna be huge. His rebounding, he's lifted it up a little bit. The regular season, he's at 4.7. Last 10, he's at 5.5. He's been doing a lot better on the boards, which I think is gonna be huge for the Warriors. The other thing that he has kind of done more is he's been attacking the rim and making those free throws. And if he keeps that up, I just see really, really good things from him. He's constantly getting at least, you know, 15 points or so. Right now, his last 10, he's averaging 19.6. That is crazy. That is such a big, drastic improvement from earlier in the season when he couldn't even get on the floor. Now it seems that he's at least rocking at least 30 minutes every game and he's been the Warriors' number two option right now. Now, the next player that I wanna talk about is very controversial, it seems. There's been a lot of slander that, you know, Clay Thompson is washed, we should've traded him, hopefully he doesn't come back next season, and I'm not here for any of that. Clay Thompson is an absolute legend, and I really hope we bring him back. He has been moved to the bench, and I think that he's accepted it. Just based on what I'm seeing, his attitude has been a lot better. You could tell he's not moping around. His last 10 games, he's not shooting the ball particularly well. His three-point percentage is down to 30.3 compared to his regular season at 37.3. So he's down a whole 7%. His free throws, he's been doing great. He's at 100% in the last 10 games, 91.8 on the season, which is even a lot better of his career average of 85%. He's been rebounding. His defense looks like it's been improving. He's not what he once was, but I just don't think with his injuries and his age getting up there, he's not gonna be that two-way star that he was in his prime. But at the same time, I don't think his defense is absolute horrible like everything that I've been reading online. He still has a lot to give. You know, he gives that effort. His last game on the 15th against the Jazz, absolutely just lit it up off the bench. 35 points in 28 minutes added in the six rebounds and two assists and if he accepts this sixth man role and really starts playing it up well and using all his strengths and even if he's having an off night shooting by not having him in that starting lineup and having him as the sixth man i think it's going to help him a lot it's going to give him just more opportunities to play better and I think by having that second unit, I feel like the spacing is gonna help him a lot, especially with CP3 coming back and Dario. I just, I see good things for him. 
as a sixth man, and I really hope he accepts that role going forward, not only this season, but into next year, and I hope that he returns. Now, I did read a report that says that he was willing to take a less role to return to the Warriors next year, you know, hopefully as a six-man bench player. He did have a quote uh, to Logan Mordock of The Ringer, if I'm pronouncing that correct, where he stated, there's nothing wrong with that as far as being a bench player. I'll be 35 next year. At 35, I'm coming off an ACL and an Achilles tear, and I still have the ability to be a really good player. Maybe not the guy who scored 60 and three quarters or scored an NBA record 30 points, 37 points in a quarter, but still a great threat out there. I've modeled my game after Reggie Miller and Ray Allen, and those guys were incredibly effective into their late 30s playing a lesser role. So I plan on kind of following that same mold. So just based on that interview and those statements, I think he's starting to come to terms with the fact that he's not a 35, 36 minute a game player starting, you know, closing games, shooting the ball 23s a game, you know, all that stuff that he did in his prime. I think he's really starting to come with terms with it. He seems to be having fun, you know, yeah, when he has a bad night shooting, you could definitely tell he's kind of down. But overall, I just see a joy in him and I, I really hope he accepts that role and I hope he returns to the Warriors next year. Um, he did turn down a two-year $48 million extension. I don't think the way this is going that the Warriors can even offer him that. Um, with him being willing to accept a lesser role, does that also mean he's willing to accept a lesser contract? If he turned down a two years and 48 million, is he willing to go maybe two years and 40? Or a three and 60 to get that average around 20 million so then the Warriors can have that cap space to possibly bring in another star player? Maybe, I mean, we will have to wait and find out. So the third and final player I wanna talk about from the first half of the unofficial first half of the season is Brandon Pajemski. This kid has been phenomenal. You know, he was the 17th drafted player of this past draft, and he has blew that out of the water. Right now, ESPN has him ranked as the fourth best rookie out of this last draft class. He's averaging 9.5 points per game, 5.8 rebounds a game, and 3.7 assists per game. Now, those stats may not seem like, okay, that's not that great, you know, as a point guard, but in the beginning of the season, he wasn't playing up to what he is now. Right now, in just the last 10 games, he's averaging 7.2 rebounds, 6.3 assists, and 12.6 points. Now, if he keeps that up, he's only gonna go higher in these rankings. Now, he's not gonna be in the Rookie of the Year conversation. That right now is between Wemby and Holtman. End of story. Nothing else is changing that unless they both miss the second half of the season, which I highly doubt because they're both healthy. Um, but Jemski's three-point has been averaging around 37, 38% all year, which again, for a rookie, finding his groove, it's a great, it's a wonderful thing. His free throw percentage is down. 
He doesn't shoot too many free throws, but he's hovering around 60%. He's definitely got to get that up if he's going to be a point guard in this system. I really love his heart, his hustle, the way he just plays. He gives it all he has. Now, we go back through the last 10 games. His rebounding numbers for his size and position is amazing. If we just go back the last one, two, three, four, five games, we'll go six rebounds, seven, eight, seven, and nine. Now, his assist numbers are also eight, eight, three, seven, and seven. His points, 13, 25, 10, 10, and 9. Now, his points, besides the 25-point game, which he hit 5 out of 5 from 3, mind you, he's averaging, you know, around that 10-point mark, which for a backup point guard and, I guess, starting shooting guard now he's playing is not bad. We don't need him to be a 20-point-a-game player. We need him to hustle, assist, rebound, make the smart play. His defense isn't the best. I've, everybody has read and heard about how trash his defense is. He's not as bad as he's portrayed. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he was getting 30 to 35 minutes all year compared to Kaminga, who wasn't. And we see how well Kaminga's working out with that many minutes now. But I think a lot of it has to do with that and that a lot of people think he's been favoritism. But I mean, just look at the way he's playing. It's outstanding. If he keeps this up, he's only going to get better as his you know, years of his service and experience improve, and his defense is going to get better. And right now, not only is his defense going to get better, he's currently leading the league in charges, which is crazy for a rookie, and not only a rookie, a point guard. So if he keeps this up, I see big things from him. I love watching him play. And right now, he's definitely in my top three favorite Warrior players to watch right now. So another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about and address that I see a lot all over Bleacher Report and ESPN and Facebook and everything when it comes to the Warriors is the lack of a big. Now, anytime someone says, oh, the Warriors need a big, the Warriors need a big, Anytime they usually get asked who, the two answers that I always hear are DeMarcus Cousins and Dwight Howard. Now, DeMarcus Cousins in his prime, beast. Even, you know, as recent as a few years ago, he you know, plays well. But the problem is, is in this system, you need a big man who can run the floor. And that's what I feel right now we have on in uh, T TJD. Sorry, I almost mispronounced his whole initials. <laughs> but I really like the kid. I think he's got great potential. The few minutes that he's playing right now, he makes an immediate impact on the floor. And I think that he should start getting more of Looney's minutes. I don't know what's going on with Kevon Looney. Um, in the last postseason, he was getting almost, it seems like, 20 rebounds a game. But he's just not that same player. And I don't think that we should count on him to be that same player. But anyways, when it comes to DeMarcus Cousins, he, that's just not the answer. He's, he's too slow. He's just not going to be what people think he's going to be. And then everyone's just going to complain, oh, we need somebody else. Oh, why did we bring him in? There's no making everybody happy. The other name I see a lot is the Dwight Howard. I mean, is that really what we're doing? We're wanting Dwight Howard just to have Dwight Howard? I mean, what, a lob threat? 
rebounds. We're currently third in the NBA in rebounds. Why would we need Dwight Howard? It just doesn't make sense. And then realistically, the other big men who are available, Myers Leonard, yeah, we're not bringing his headache and nightmare and baggage in. Willie Cauley-Stein, been there, done that. We don't need that. Blake Griffin, I mean, no, come on. We, we don't need Blake Griffin. Frank Kaminsky, no. Otto Porter Jr., no. I mean, none of these bigs that are quote-unquote available and that we could bring in, none of them crack the rotation. They would be like having another slower less lovable Kavon Looney. It just does not make sense for our team. So I'm just really excited with how the team is set up right now, the players we have, how everybody's playing together. CP3 will be coming back here soon, so I'm excited to see how he's gonna fit in with Kaminga and Wiggins, how they've been playing. Draymond has been playing lights out recently. And I'm overall, honestly, I'm really happy with this team and the potential that they have. Now, do I think they're gonna win an NBA Finals this year? No. And like I've stated multiple times, so many times to you guys, I'm a realistic fan. I don't see them winning a title, but I see them having that threat in the playoffs. You know, as long as they get into a six seed or a seven seed, win a play-in maybe, you know, get out of the first round. I look at losing in the second round as a success for this season. As bad as it was the first 20 odd games or so, and how bad it was looking, I would gladly take a second round exit this year because I see that as big progress for how it started. Now, the first six, seven games when we started six and one, five and two, I mean, that it looked great. But, yeah, no, that wasn't going to continue. Had a lot of downs. You know, now it's trending up. Let's see if it can continue the second half of the season. And let's see how this Laker game goes. I just did read that LeBron is out, so that's a little disappointing. But let's just see how the second half goes. I think the second half of this season is going to be a big determination on how this offseason goes. If we make it into the first round and, you know, play a good series and lose, maybe that gives Joe Lick up, you know, and the ownership, you know, motivation to maybe go get another star player, cut some salaries, you know, make some big decisions. If we fail to even make it into the play-in, there's going to be some big changes. Big changes. People are going to get traded. People might not be coming back that we want to come back. And that includes Steve Kerr as a coach. You know, I see a lot online about how Steve Kerr should be fired and we need to get rid of him and we need another coach. One of the big names that I saw is that we should fire Steve Kerr and bring in Doc Rivers midseason. How is Doc Rivers doing right now in Milwaukee? Not good at all very overrated coach but there's nobody really right now that would do a better job than Steve Kerr and the fact is Steve Kerr has brought us four titles why are we aiming to fire him and get rid of him it, like this is is his rotations not the best sometimes yes is his play calling annoying sometimes yes 
The things he say, frustrating, yes. We all have ups and downs of love and hate with every single one of these Bay Area coaches. That's how it's gonna be in the future. That's how it's been in the past. Nothing's gonna change. But I look at the man and he's brought four titles to an area that was trash. A lot of fans, you know, kind of became fans around that 2015, 2016, 2017 years. They don't remember the We Believe Warriors before the We Believe Warriors, I should say, when we were awful, awful. The early 2000s and all the late 90s, you know, even the late 2000s, we were not a good team. We barely made the playoffs, and when we did, we got destroyed in the first round. So I think people need to be appreciative of what we have now and really enjoy what we have now. And the other thing is, Steph Curry is not going to be here forever. But with saying that at the same time, I think that also means that we got to bring in somebody to help him next year. Um, the one big name that I have been seeing everywhere is Giannis. With everything going on in Milwaukee, you know, there's a lot of rumors of maybe the Warriors bringing in Giannis. You know, he's been linked to the Warriors in the past. I don't know how it would work contract-wise because we would have to trade for him. Now, with his salary, you're going to have to get rid of at least $50 million. So you're looking at, you know, three or four players trying to match the salary. You're also probably not bringing back Klay Thompson unless he accepts a very low contract, which I don't think he will. And when I say very low contract, I mean in the 10 to $15 million range. I don't think we're getting him for that low. Um, there's a lot of rumors about Orlando and a few other teams. Uh, you know, I would love to have Klay Thompson at a lower pay rate with him being a bench player moving forward. But I mean, his legendary status here and his you know pride, I don't think he does less than 20 million. Now, I could be wrong though. There's a lot of things that I've said in this episode today with you guys that have, you know, could be wrong. I could be right. I have no idea. I'm just going off of what I feel and what I read. But I think that's all for today, you guys. I'm going to go ahead and end this episode right now. I just want to give a big thank you and shout out to everybody if you're still listening. Even if you're not listening right now, if you've checked out all my streaming services on Spotify or Pandora or checked out the Facebook or anything like that, I really appreciate all you guys. I'm really enjoying doing this. I enjoy, you know, making these episodes and editing it and doing all the research and, you know, everything I put into it. I put a lot into it. You know, I put my heart into it. I speak from my heart, and I speak from my heart when I say thank you. I really appreciate this. You know, even if I only get one or two listeners, I appreciate you one or two people. (laughs) But at that note, I'm going to go ahead and you guys have a great day, great night, great weekend. You know, whatever day you're listening to it, I hope this turns out well. And just remember one thing, sports don't build character, they reveal it.